West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 20th of September 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners, and uh, nice mild evening it is. You're all very, very welcome to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, the local community radio station broadcasting Newcastle West in County Limerick, the West Limerick. We welcome all our listeners, young and old, and indeed you're all very, very welcome. And uh, I have been travelling a lot these days and nights, so... We haven't done anything on our agenda, so it's an agenda for you folks to tell us what you would like us to talk about tonight. And if you ring 0696600, that is 0696600, or text or WhatsApp on 087-166-9800, or 087-166-9800. I was involved in selling a property there recently and there was a small little shed at the side of it, it was 8 by 8 and it reminded me of my, our friend down in Palace Kenry in the shed. Dave in the shed, I think it is Dave in the shed in Palace Kenry and they t- told me that you'd have, to, you'd have to get planning permission for an 8 by 8 timber shed. The next thing they'll be looking for planning permission for the dog's house at, at the side of the house. Um, we had a call there last week from a very nice lady, as we say at the beginning of the program, to give Tom Ryan a chance and the guests to settle down in the chair that we play any tune or song or record of your choice. So we thank Mary Butler from Capanook. Am I pronouncing that right, Tom? Capanook. Oh, yeah, Capanook, Capmore, yeah. Capanook, Capmore. Oh, yeah. And she requested precious memories. So we'll play that for you a little later on. Mary, we weren't successful, I wasn't successful due to my business and a lot of records and some stuff come in for auctions and they pile it up on top of things or in front of things so wasn't, I didn't get that Frank Patterson but it is the Elvis sorry, it is it is the Jim Reeves version we hope to be playing shortly for you in precious memories and anybody listening out there tonight of course again we would ask you if you would like any song of your choice for any of the programs coming up, just Give us a call there and we put it on our list for you, whatever song you would like played or record. So if you contact us on 0696600-087-166-9800, and all the phones are ringing already, he tells me. And if you want to text in or in on any topic whatsoever, we would ask you to do so as soon as possible. I met another lady in my travels on Sunday and she wanted to play Big Tom. I said, I'm not taking any requests like that in a private capacity. You lift up your phone and call in on Wednesday night, 069 or 087-166-9800, and you can have Big Tom and Small Tom and the whole lot of them send us in requests. 
So, Tom Ryan, I suppose, is just back from the plowing match of this. I don't think he is because he's very well dressed, very presentable tonight. Indeed, was looking like it was Liz Dunvalna he was coming from, possibly, or something. But it's usually a funeral, I think, he's coming from when he's all turned out. I was a bit shocked there, we just mentioned it there in our travels last week or the week before, that the plowing championship was advance payment by card only. That was the original one. And the next time they issued a statement, they said, card only, and we'll take cash at the gate, but you mightn't be able to get in, it might be full. And the third one I heard in was this morning, and an old friend of mine, a TD, down in Tipperary, South, Matthew McGrath was complaining about the fact A, they weren't taking cash and B, it was 25 euros to come in, pay by card and if you went to the gap, I won't say the gate, the gap to pay cash they took advantage of the older people that weren't on, uh, online etc. So they charged you an extra five or 30 euros. I think it's gone bonkers. Catherine Caldwell, welcome. Thanks and I should say, of course, I have Catherine Caldwell with me, that very popular lady from Trunkalaho, and Tom Ryan, as usual, and Jason is taking your messages, if and when you send them in, folks. Yes, Catherine. The, the push towards digitising all payments and places wanting to go digital only is... is um, it's not comfortable for people, I don't think, um, and I think you know. Sort of, we need to hold on to our right to use cash and to and that cash to be of equal value. But at the same time, it becomes very difficult. It's like uh, they were saying that you know you could be refused at the door because they've meet, met their capacity, and I don't know if you you know that at the moment, like on bus Aaron, or certainly it was a case during the COVID period with Bus Aaron, that if you booked your ticket online, paid for it online, then your ticket had standing, and so you could be left with cash in your hand at the station or at the stop because the, the, the people who had bought the online tickets had first right in. Tom, I, I'm kind of shocked at the whole thing, and I'm shocked at the silence of our politicians. Matthew McRae was the only one that was quoted on RT Radio complaining about the fact that it was cash, a, a fiver penalty on the older people, and, and the first time round they were trying to bully people into paying by card only. Yeah, Pat, this was um, well, it was well documented, and <coughs> that uh, they were only accepting the. You know, you had to book your place and book your ticket. And uh, the reason they gave initially was that uh, they wanted to control the crowds. Well, I'm sure with the weather and the climate we've had, it will be easy to control it. But I have no interest in the plowing, Pat. I was never at the plowing. I have no interest whatsoever. It's a huge commercial situation. I don't see much, but it gets huge publicity. And uh, they have, uh, they're, they're making millions, like, and fair play to them when they can get away with it. But the situation is that um, I, like, I think myself that we, we've discussed this here, Pat, initially it happened with the GA here in Limerick, number one. When, they, when all these things started, it's in a lot of issues now. A lot of just say shops are going to go into going digital and uh, you, they won't take cash. But I believe that uh, our minister for 
for uh, finance this morning, Michael um, McGrath said that uh, he had instructed all government agencies, all ministers, to instruct their departments to accept cash. That, that's the latest pet from the from an official government point of view. I think that's a good thing myself. Absolutely. But the point about it is that he had to that he had to. Um, I suppose it's become now a big problem, and of course you have an election you see coming down, so they're trying to trying to cover every issue, like in every side of things. But they have an actual fact issue this now. But what I was con- couldn't understand was, that why would he have to tell his ministers? Why not give, uh, you know, accept that, give uh, just as Minister for Finance, give the instruction, all government departments must accept cash from no one. Okay. Except, you know, when... Uh, they accept card, but cash as well. They can't turn you around because you haven't got... So that, I think that's, it, a, it is, that's a good move anyway. It is legal tender, <coughs> Tom, and it stands as legal tender, and so they have to accept it. But they wouldn't accept it, you just say, Catherine. They wouldn't accept it, you just say... You see, that's I can the point. Understand, I can understand from the perspective of them thinking that if if they have to accept cash, then there's a cash box, then there's the whole interaction with the bank. I know that they want to get rid of all of that, but I don't want to get rid of all of that. And I don't think people want to get rid of it in their lives either. There are some people who don't want to go digital, don't want to go onto a, a card system, want to work with the money that they get in hand. And... One of the things, Pat, that occurred to me as you were talking about it, so if we had a situation where, okay, I can accept, it, it's making things easier for them, so they give a discount on you booking it digitally. And then you have a situation where you go to the gates and you, the person with cash in hand is taking their chance, just like the person with cash in hand with bus errand, that you, you know, sort of the people who've booked ahead may get ahead of you. And you might be left at the door. But if you're an OAP, I think you should at least get the discount equivalent to the discount that the digital person is getting. Tom, I think there's... Another thing I find strange, like, is that you would, I would have thought that it would be our ministers or maybe our independent TDs who would have been shouting this out, that it's the minister who is the guy who comes forward which is usually not the way it happens. He's usually forced. Yes, well, he usually, but that, that will indicate to you, Pat, how useless our, our uh, TDs are. And should we have, this is an, an item that we discuss every night, not, not now and then, but every night, about how they don't raise issues like this, which is very important. They don't raise issues like the law and order. They don't, you know, and everything we say. Because, Pat, I suppose, like everything else, the facility is not in the door from Theresa either. You, you know, if, if you follow the door procedures and look at the questions and look at the, at the limited opportunities they have to raise issues, and I follow, as I said, for my sins, the door uh, means quite a lot, and uh, they have very little opportunities to, for to raise issues. Maybe it serious questions, but then that's, that's given out to the party leader to ask the questions to the, to the, to the sitting government. So I think Pat, that's why we had the, the, the people outside today uh, protesting outside the actual door, because it's become irrelevant. 
And we had our three top officials. We had our teacher called Tarnishta, our and our Minister for Health, and uh, and we had also our Minister for the Environment over in New York for the opening of our national parliament here. They went, they went, took a runner and ran out of the country, and and all said they had no business off the United Nations. Well, the United Nations opened officially this weekend for the yearly for the yearly. Um, non-activity as to our president he said they were a useless organisation today or yesterday at the Ploughing Championship he, he lashed out them and so he was talking that they, should, that, that they were useless our top officials and top three ministers, party leaders were in New York at the United Nations and at the, the, the General Assembly today, yesterday and at the, um, at the you know, making speeches like when one man could have been there the Taoiseach the rest of them should be at home. And now there was, we had a, a huge protest today. They had to be escorted out of, out of the house with the guard the TDs up there. I mean, like, wh- what's going on? Who's in the country? The, the Taoiseach and the Minister for Health of, uh, in New York. The Taoiseach and the Minister for Health and the Tarnished and the Minister for the Environment are in New York. On the opening day, Captain of the Doll in Ireland after three months. Well, that's kind of almost saying to us where the power lies. It doesn't say where the power lies, Catherine, because the power, it, it shows you that the power in, in instant houses, are, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, it's that whole thing Same of the power thing. lies outside of the people of Ireland. Do you yeah. know, the, the doll and the people of Ireland it's is less important it, it, than it, what's it's a little bit. It's a little bit irrelevant if, if the main people ended up there for the opening. It shows... Yeah, it, a but a, it's a snob, isn't it? A bit of a nonsensical talk shop. Mm. But the reason, the reason they're not there is, Mr. Minister for Health, we say, like, I mean, he was he going to be quizzed, quizzed about the about the debacle in the in the with the babies and the and the operations and the and the the, the tragedy that's 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 unfolding before our eyes. That was the. the just known for the past five years. He denied. Um, he only appears that he found out about it today. The, like he had to go at Dr. Tony Holland and had to apologise. If it happened in the UK, and I wouldn't be caught in the UK, like he'd as an example, he'd be gone and should be gone and should resign. And then you had you had Michael Martin over there who had no business there whatsoever. Okay, he means for foreign affairs, but in the actual fact, what did our representation? We have a permanent representation in the United Nations. And in the Security Council, we had them, well, they're still, we were there last year anyway. So, like, these, these individuals have shown us that, that they don't know and, and is irrelevant. So, who's in the country? What's going on? Are the people asking the questions? They're not. Now, Tom, if, if, if we can stick to our agenda, if we can, the best we can, because you, you, you've about six or eight topics there brought into one, which are all <laughs> worthy of detailed discussion. I, I it's, but it, it, it is worthy. It, it yeah. says 650,000 older people do not have smartphones or smart cars. 650,000 people. Six out of ten. Older people that is a are good excluded by this yes, cash absolutely. being penalised. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't think there should be any requirement for people. I mean, they refer to it as the black mirror, for a good reason. Do you know? Like you, you look at the kids and they can't, they can't take their eyes away from them. Um, and you know there is, like you know, sort of radiation issues with regard yeah, to using yeah. them as a phone, and. 
So, like, the older generation would prefer to talk on the phone to somebody rather than text them even. And while we're, while, while we're going like Tom, they're going around in a bit of a ring with all the different problems that are flying around at the moment. I got another one today on, on the phone telling me my um, thing was uh, somebody did something with my account. Reg, what's on scam. Reg, 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 what's the name of that one? Regulate? Reg Revolut. Revolut, that was the one. Revolut. I have nothing to do with Revolut. Another one. And I said to him, I said, could, could you repeat that, please? And then they were gone. Mm. And Joe Duffy programmed today in RT. It was scams, scams, scams. Yeah. And we were talking about law and order, Tom, in this country, capturing where it is kind of nearly gone, controlling. <laughs> that well, whole, inter- whole, thing that whole internet banking system is going to be a, an almighty crash because Russia and those people can do what they like. We had Joe Duffy on today, and I was in Cork listening to him, and some guy that they had on, John... John his name, an Irish name anyway, and he, he was a, a high-ranking official in the AIB bank. Some guy had impersonated him, and he was taking investments 10,000 upwards, and he, he was on the phone talking to Joe Duffy for a long, long time on it, and they had scam galore. He was using the bank number and everything, bank number, all scammed, and this has gone on for quite a number of years, and they don't... The law and order people are the, the, nothing about it. And I'm sure there's a lot more major things happening that we're not being told about. It is many years now since they had a half a million taken out of Kildare County Council. It was caught on the money laundering query, Tom, if you remember. I don't remember. We never heard any more about it whether the committee went out. <laughs> but I'm, I see that as a total disaster waiting for people with this online banking and all that thing. One of the things that gets me is that, I mean, I, and I don't always have cash in my in my wallet either, Pat, but I try to have cash in my wallet. I used to be like that when I was young as well, Catherine. <laughs> I'm not that young. Neither my I wallet, no, my, I didn't have the wallet, it was the pocket. It just disappears too quickly. Um, but I often look at the kids and they're going around with their phones and the phones is their payment system. And yeah, it's yeah. easy Cable for the, the money is being put into their accounts by their their folks. And it's there almost instantly. If I put money by, via AIB onto my kids' accounts, and I do use the telephone banking, and it is convenient, but it I can transfer the money out of my account by 12 o'clock in the day, and it will take from that time through to the next day to exist in the account. So they have playtime, whatever, of 12 hours? More, maybe. And whereas this system of one of these digital system, payment systems... Revoluting is immediate. Within, yeah, half an hour, they're up and they have cash again and they're showing their phones to the the digital machine. It's amazing. I think it's very, very serious. Well, uh, I don't care. Russia, Russia, Nigeria, and those countries, yeah. experts. But did anyone, did anyone think Petra was going to be any other way? Like, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, we're in a different era. Different, this is a different system. We're living, life is different now. It's a different system, totally. I mean, and this, the, I, the, and the phone, the, you know, all these, uh, all these different systems that they have are, you know, they're there to stay. 
they are there to be abused, they are there to be to be hacked, which they are like nonstop by Russia, by China, by North Korea, by whole, and by our own. We didn't go to Russia at all. We have them at home. And uh, the point about it is that did anyone think there was going to be any 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 other way? Like, I mean, life it has changed totally the lifestyle of the world. Not alone, not alone Ireland, the world. And all young people now, they can't communicate with you. They're only, they're on the phone constantly. That was obvious. They're, now they're worried about pornography and that they big debates about it every day. But sure, that's all too late. Like. We're too late for all that. That's all part, part of, our, of our system now. They want to bring it into the schools now at eight or nine years of age, teaching, like, I mean, explaining pornography to kids to children when they should be out playing games and playing with dolls and things. They're now playing with pornography and that's official. That's, that is going into the curriculum now of, of our system. Upwards into the into the secondary schools and, and all this all the schools. I think some six year olds. Yeah, six year olds. Oh yeah, just the upwards. Beyond belief. And beyond belief. So the consequences of that will will are horrendous. But like everything else, nobody talking about it because why? It's big. Com- it's commercialism, and commercialism runs the world. It controls everything. It controls our governments. It controls our councils. It controls every item like of our lives now. Money and commercialism, and uh, we say lifestyles and religion and. Any thing are gone. They're finished because people are already using that for convenience and for parties. That's all for communions and confirmations and things like that and weddings and all that is only that's only a kind of a, a kind of a, an excuse, a kind of a cover for drinking and parties. That's where we're going and we're going to, it's going to get worse, Pat. And there's no checking of it now. A disaster, folks, waiting to happen. They've all, they already hacked into the health system. So you can imagine if Russia and those other countries that are expert at this when they hack into the health system and the whole system goes down. Absolutely, I remember S- well. Some disaster, folks, some and disaster, some disaster, waiting, was, everything. Was skewed for ages. Some disaster. Uh, God be with today's at the filing cabinet and the hard copy in each one. Now uh, we'll go back to this nice well, lady. If we, can, from if we do have a solar flare, just, just putting it out there, Yes, we will have all the all that the computer stuff wouldn't be available to us. You know, sort of yeah, we will yeah. have to. You know, sort of the reality is skills like record keeping and writing are important to hold on to. And I think you know, for parents out there or grandparents out there, maybe you have that time of you know playing with making the signature and having a nice signature or a nice hand as. As they'd say, but I was listening to um, listening to an examiner of the Leaving Cert there recently, about two weeks ago, and she was explaining about about she was uh, she was correcting exam papers after this year's leaving, and she said that, that she couldn't read actually the English the English part of the you know um, the writing people they can't even write anymore like she said, and there were, and this woman now was concerned about on a couple of fronts, but she explained quite clearly. She said it's not possible now even to read the the the, the paper that I'm them. You know, so that's uh, that kind of goes on the same line uh, that you're talking about, Catherine. Well, it, it's just there is there is that that move you know sort of to use the keyboard from the beginning. Yeah. 
rather than to, to develop up to about 1940 before your time Catherine I would think around 1940s up until then there was beautiful handwriting you went up to the line you come down to the line and it was literally like as if it was on an old typewriter mm. beautiful and to read writing like that is lovely stuff yeah beautiful handwriting in old copy books then it came on to my time when it was disimproving and now as Tom said it's literally gone completely now Mary Butler from Kapanook we thank you from Carl and Dale last week for precious memories. And strange enough, folks, I asked somebody, uh, your listenership, did they want any record played next week? And th th they say we have a lot of silent listeners. They're fairly silent tonight, even though the messages are coming in. But I have no request for a song for next week. And that lady from Red Keel that wanted Big Tom, if you want Big Tom, you'll have to ring up for him, my good lady. And hope you enjoyed your day out on last Sunday. And also met a very nice lady from the old mill outside Newcastle West. And she said she was delighted to hear us supporting Eric Burke last week. And again, they don't like using the phone ringing up. And Jason is outside there and he's scratching his ear waiting for those phone calls. So, folks, if you, whatever song you want to hear for next week, would you ever call us an 0696200 or else you'll get some heavy metal from myself? And our 0871669800, and especially for Mary Butler of Capanook. Capamore Maru, Tom, which is it? Capamore? Precious memories, especially for Mary Butler, yeah. and it is precious memories by Jim, the one and only, the late great Jim Reeves. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West. It's your local community radio station. And of course, we have a 50-50 draw every week. And we'll appreciate your support there. So we would appreciate even more support. The bills have got to be paid if you want to keep listening to us. And obviously, many of you keep your own bills down because I have still no one ringing me up to tell me what they want to hear for next week's in the line of a song. And... I, we have uh, quite a number of messages here one quickie one there I was at the plown today and the crowd was way down sadly many people who had booked online lost their money of course that's another one if you book for a match or something in advance and you, you don't get there after your money is gone and they're laughing all the way to the bank I met quite a number of people there when this was first announced including myself indeed I have often gone to the plown show and I heard it was a cash only I said that's fine now that's me out. I wouldn't go to the bother of support and that kind of thing. And many other people I met, quite a lot of people said they wouldn't go because of this cash only. And then it turned out to be an extra fiver. And that message came in there from Mike Barrett. So I hope you had your long, big waders while you were there, Mike. So we'll go to an ad break and back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on Westlinwick 102FM on the 20th of September 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Uh, that was Mike Barris who got woke up to his tonsil, so to speak, in the plown, and those who stayed at home just lost their money. Uh, thanks, Mike, for Mike was a very popular program of traditional music every Saturday evening from 6 to 8. Pat, does the panel think that the girl they will go on strike regards James Holmes? They had a they had a vote last week and they had a vote of no confidence, 97% on the guard, the commissioner. And then we had the minister and the government coming out and they gave him his full support. And then on the news this morning I heard where the report with his rosters with the guards had been condemned literally four years ago and yet he's still insisting on doing it. I, I found it very strange when I was reading about this earlier, Pat. There's a four-hour gap. So they're, they're putting in this new roster system, and I'm not sure if it's that it's for a period of time, as they do a changeover from the way they were doing the roster in COVID to the new system. There's going to be a four-hour gap from four o'clock in the morning when one shift signs off to the next morning yeah. when the next lot come on. And they, so they've just announced to all the criminals that, in the that, area, that, you can do what you like between that's four what and eight. They, that's what they call the left handers know what the right hand is doing. Tom? Well, the actual the worrying factor here is that um, that the stand that the government have taken and the, the Minister for Justice against the Gardaí. Uh, these are the only member, the only Gardaí members who we have supported here from the, from day one, and uh, the way they've been treated, and the way they've been managed, and the whole system. And uh, I, I was very, very happy for to hear that they were going to take a vote no conference on on the commissioner, and they should have added the actual minister with him. But it came out as my, as you rightly said, Pat, that the the guard authorities and probably the guard um, the guard uh, the board of management of the guard which is, which is um, a, a very very important body I got very silent in this that they appear to have no comment on it but it's it said that this report was commissioned four years ago by the actual upper upper by the commissioner and the, the higher uh, officers in the guard and it came up that this system that he's introducing now won't work. But but now he's actually after backtracking and he says that it will that he's going to have it, he's going to install it. After their own report saying saying that it actually isn't it, it isn't actually effective and won't work. That's what the Guardian said and that's what the water conference what one of the items was covered by the Rothstein, but there are other issues as well. So they're meeting next week 
and uh, there, there will be compromise, I suppose, here somewhere along the line. But I think that they should take a stand, and you know, because it's sooner or later, like, I mean, this has to come to a head. Our policing, our justice system, our law and order system, as you already, as you have already stated here, is in a state of crisis, and we have, to, and it has to start someplace, and it has to start at ground level with the Gardaí. They've been abused and they got long enough, and they should take a stand now. And if that stand evening entitles them, to, to, if they decide that they are at trade union that they go on strike, so be it. They have to, something drastic will have to happen. They get ready the commissioner, he'll have to go, and so will have the justice minister. They are absolutely. Not fit for purpose, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I did find it peculiarly strange that after the Gardaí voting 97% of on their vote of no confidence on the Commissioner, that the uh, Minister for Justice comes out with a few government <coughs> people saying they had full confidence in him. So that meant that they had no confidence at all, I suppose, in the Gardaí themselves, seeing that they were agreeing with one who voted 97 does the panel agree with Dr. Tony Hulin's criticism of the government by ordering the opening of the hospitality business at Christmas and Leah Radcliffe's criticism of Nippet and Tony Hulin regards James Holmes? Uh, James, you left out the fact that Leah Radcliffe has actually apologised to Dr. Tony Hulin for his comments and statements at that particular time. And down on top of that, it is from New York he's apologising, which I find very strange and that those people are in New York as we discussed it earlier on the first day of the doll reopening after three months vacation that they're not there to open the doll Dr. Tony Hooley recalled that at the time Captain, his wife was very ill at the time and she since passed away and there was a scathing attack on Tony Hooley and he wanted the pubs to be kept closed during that Christmas and uh, Christmas 2020 yeah, yeah. and uh, I think it was Michal Martin, wasn't it? It was Taoiseach at the time, and he said, let's all enjoy yourselves and have a happy Christmas. It was his phrase that time, Tom, to let them all at it, and, and which they did, and then the COVID outbreak multiplied <coughs> at the time. Well, I, for me, it's hard to pin down all of those times. Yeah. In that, that I Christmas mean, we, period was we chaotic. We have to remember yeah. at the same time that you know, sort of the politicians were going off and having you know, sort of golf weekends with no account for distancing and and masking and everything else. Yeah. Catherine, really, I think the thing is that it just highlights the fact that politicians are interested in getting votes, so they open the floodgates for that Christmas. From a vote-catching point of view, we have wonderful people to everybody open it up. Dr. Tony Houlihan, who was trying to keep the hospitals in order and the numbers down, and he was highly criticised. They now have apologised literally three years later for the insults that they gave that man at the time. Tom? Well, Pat, again, it's a clear... It's, this is very clear uh, that... That definition uh, that you have used there is correct. It was a, a, a vote catching gimmick by the government at the time. Again, they, and they, when NEFIT was formed, and NEFIT had its, it had its, um, it had its people that criticised it. We had him at the table, Kieran and Cochran, I mean, was very, very uh, against them. 
in different in our discussions here at uh, he actually said well I did he well I should get a slap in the mouth or something so I, that'll tell you there was a, there was a, 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 there was an anti nefit like uh, percentage of people out there the government like went ahead and they said they criticised nefit really and and Tony Holland who they were praising he was nearly he was nearly declared for centred like during the epidemic and they declared then that they wanted to open up for Christmas and let people have have enjoyed themselves and all that. And it's it's well known to know that fifteen hundred people died as a result of that particular decision by the government. That it it has been it has been like I mean calculated. Okay, I I have to say yeah, let me finish. Oh right, go right, on. Yeah. And uh, at then uh, we had uh, Leo Varadkar who criticised the actual effort and criticised, including Tony Holland. And then it all died. And the government have no, uh, and they are doing a report on their on the whole. It's like they did in the House of Commons, you know. I mean, and Boris Johnson was it was his one of his reasons for his downfall was his behaviour, Jordan, Jordan Covert. He had no fear, obviously. Yeah, but here, like, we didn't have any, we have no Boris Johnson, you see, he had to resign, but here we won't resign. So as a result of that, as a result of... There was plenty of politicians over in the west of Ireland going golfing. Oh, we know that. There were plenty of other, you know... Yeah, well, some of them do the price, without a doubt, no, that as well. But they did... This, uh, we stick to, to, to the to the Tony Holland situation. Okay, okay. Tony Holland was um, was attacked by the uh, and challenged and criticised by the government and by Leo Varadkar. This week now, uh, he has recently written a book on the whole episode. Tony Holland has, okay. Dr. Tony Holland. And but he's writing he's writing specifically on this whole situation, and he has and he. And, so as a result of that, the course, you know, the media now have caught on to, 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 for the whole episode about that time and about the opening up of everything for that Christmas. I prefer even to talk about the, the, the closing down. Yeah. If it was, if we think back, because this is annoying me at the moment, if we think back and, and they were telling us that there was this big pandemic coming and it was in Italy and it was going around between people, it seemed. And they allowed Italian rugby players into Dublin, and they allowed people off into Cheltenham before they shut down. What sort of a reaction is that to something that's supposed to be a deadly disease? Now, I know that a lot of people died by way of being PCR diagnosed as COVID positive. But then... They weren't given the drugs that other countries used and dealt with COVID quite efficiently, the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin. Ivermectin has now been plotted again as being highly effective against COVID. But it was downplayed because there was no profit in it. Still now, the drugs that are being used in hospitals are emergency use only and when you go Tom and you start looking at the results of how good and how effective they are oh they might be 10% a little bit above placebo rather than something like ivermectin and Irishman got the, the, the Nobel Prize for ivermectin I'll have you know 
Yeah. Well, and and yeah. it is effective, but it was demonised because there wasn't profit in it and they didn't care who died because of bad protocols because they wanted their but high who, profit yeah, but, who are, but who are they now? You see, you see, you, who are it, they? The, they are the pharmaceutical yeah. companies and yeah. those that work with them. Yeah, but you see, the pharmaceutical companies are, are, are a commercial entity and, uh, what, and what, who's what their bottom line is money. And who's influenced by yeah. the pharmaceutical companies yeah. in, in Ireland? They're huge players. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're, yeah. I'm sure their, their yeah. contributions to, to party funds are massive. Yeah, well, they can't, they can't, I mean, they can't contribute to party funds anymore, you see. And, uh, but they are big but, employers. But they, have, but they have an influence. You're, you did write us, there's nobody can deny or, or criticise that. Those comments, because you're right, they they are big employers, and uh, and they hold uh, they hold big like issues with the government and with uh, with the people that make decisions that we elect around the country. But the point they were making here is all those areas that you that you mentioned there, Catherine, are supposed to be in this new inquiry that's, that's, that is ongoing now at the I moment. I have Matthew McGrath on that inquiry. I, listen, Matthew McGrath, or whoever's on it, it's already... He's one of the only people who's asked questions in this scenario. Yeah, but hold on. He is. We're getting confused here now, and we're crossing one another. I'm explaining to you that there is an inquiry, an official inquiry, going on at the moment by the government into the whole... The whole aspect of what happened and what, and what didn't happen during the COVID epidemic. So now the inquiry team are in position. Right. So, so it's no good saying to, to, to me, you know, this should be on a definite because the team is already, the, the inquiry team is already the there. Team, I don't know that. I would presume it's the government. They would have the only people that have the authority for to do that. But that's ongoing. But the fact that Leo Varical had to come out during the week and apologise to Dr Tony Hoolan and say, well, I'm sorry for what I said, I shouldn't have said it. Well, that's, that is a fair indication now of the type of a gentleman that he is like and that's leading this country at the moment as Taoiseach. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't got much time for, Tom, uh, for um, Leo to, to be able to support him much now. Um, I think he's a, he's a man from the, the WEF sort of... Yeah. Uh, World Economic Forum type of Davos type attitude now, to be honest. That can the panel discuss the nitrous debate and the effects it will have on the farming sector like House James Holmes. Catherine, you're up on that one. The nitrous, Catherine. So, yeah, th this whole thing. Ireland, of jet planes, jet planes, there's more. Night, tr more trouble from the cat, the cows in Ireland, and all the jet planes flying over and back. Okay, so are we talking nitrates or are we talking carbon? So, so the, the they, whole climate they, change they thing, related, they, they blame the cows. Of, are they kind of related, are they? Yeah. Well, other than the fact that they they're, they're, but they're, they're part of our whole they, they system. Are, they all have an yeah. effect on us, yeah. 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 So, I mean, with the cows... Nitrates was the question, anyway, from yeah. James Holmes. Can the panel discuss the nitrates debacle and the effect it will have? And there's also ad break time. So I yeah. will discuss when we come back after the ad break. And the question was... Pat, can the panel discuss the nitrous debacle and the effect it will have on the farming sector against James Holmes? And I've got nobody, nobody requesting a song for next week. Uh, yes, go to an ad break and back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. 
for all your legal requirements. Phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. TOD.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlinwick 102 FM on the 20th of September 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Back again, folks. And we were talking there before we went off of air. About the nitrates, wasn't that it, Catherine? Mm. So it, the, the, I can understand the the need to go as low nitrates as we can do within our water systems, you know, as as a, as an ideal that we 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 should hold. And and people might understand the why of it, but if you've got high nitrates in the water and that goes through into the um, the drinking water supply. It can cause a blue baby syndrome, where where the the, the nitrates actually interfere with oxygen, um, within a within a baby. Um, so it's to to hold to that, and it's also the environmental effect. High nitrates will then cause you know the growth of um, algae, etc., in the the streams and in the lakes, and that robs oxygen out of the water and so then your fish life can't survive so there's there's both human health and environmental health issues in and around it and i can understand from a farmer's perspective if a farmer is dependent on bag nitrogen maybe to to flush up grass to get fast growth because that's the way his system is designed it's very difficult for him to be, to to have a, be turned around and told how much is it, Tom, that it's dropping the. It's the down to two twenty. That's the that's the figure the, from two seventy five to two twenty. Okay. Now. Um, and have the distances from from watercourses changed or anything? No, they, they haven't changed. You see, you gave a very good example there, there, Catherine, of the of the damage that that can be caused by water quality and unfortunately in this instance now the whole directive has been direct has been has, the whole issue has uh, and the problem is directed against farmers and you know and as a result of that they are they are actually they they're now in, in a very precarious position stocking wise production wise and uh, they will get a big cut in national health uh, of cows and of beef animals as well. Now, the whole emphasis on this came from an organisation that you would know well called the EPA. The EPA, like, would be or have a huge influence in this decision. Now, they were reporting on water quality to Brussels directly and it was their it was their uh, report that put the 
put the, you know changed the whole system because it it was judged in in Brussels that uh, our water quality is very poor. It's 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 going downhill. Going downhill now, and you see. So therefore, the the reason for that has been directed, Catherine, directly and now and falsely as well to the actual farming activities and the farming community and the farming the, the, or, or stock levels and in the farming world. So there was nothing about the actual the about the you know about the water quality and the Irish water are, are causing with their faulty treatment plants all over the country, going into rivers and going into going to streams. There's here is in Western Lake we have a boil water for the last two or three months and maybe lasting another six months. Don't worry about that. There's also, you see, as a result of that then, we also have, you know, the actual, the, the measuring system used by the EPA, Catherine, now, you're a scientist, and you know the, that it's actually a one test per year on rivers. Like, I have seen them at different times um, so I, I live close to Fina and there as you go past um, O'Callaghan has farming there um, just by the little river by the, the, the graveyard there and I'd often see, um, well actually it's by the GA pitch but you know where I mean there, um, but you'd often see the, the, the guys down and I, I'm being the sort of nosy person I am when I go, went over and asked them and it was, yeah. it was EPA and they were working for the EPA going and taking water levels and recording the volume of water going through so that they could make judgments then on volume of water and concentration of nitrogen yeah, as I, a result. And was it all, and is, it, it, what is, you see, it, it, it appears to be a single test. Now, I'm, I'm very, I'm very backward in this area, but let me, let, let me ask you a question now. Let me ask you something before you, and no, 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 leave no. me. Mm, uh, you see, this report... Uh, that was sent. Uh, it's it's a very important report, and of course. And direct, sent directly yeah. to the, the uh, Europeans, uh, not uh, to the government first. Well, we don't know that, you see, because the government, you see, are 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 denying that telling lies. Actually, you see, in comparison to this, they the blame in Brussels. They said we had nothing to do with it. They're kind of saying, you know, the um, Radical said at the Finnegale thinking last week. He said that uh, he was going to call over the commissioner here to discuss, you know, and get this thing changed. And they went away happy, the, the IFA and the ICMSA people, who should have been aware of this all the time anyway, because they're told they have an office in Brussels and they're, and they're very much European, kind of. Uh, they, they, they are the people that, that are taxed by the farmers in looking after their interests. So they said, OK, he'll become, the commission will be coming over, and they told their members, well, they, this will be all changed. But then the following morning, the minister, Charlie McElroy, Charlie McElroy, came out and said there's no change, this is fixed it's settled and there's nothing we can do about it. So they were the two top ministers, any of the top 
when you celebrate a culture and you had a Taoiseach with totally opposite views, so that caused immense confusion. But this issue is ongoing and was well known for the past 12 months that this was, this was happening. But I wouldn't have the EPA, I wouldn't send them for a pint of milk. <laughs> uh, because they, they're a formal organisation, that's what I know. And, and to, uh, no, so the IFA and the ICMSA would be better off challenging their testing they actually whole procedure for reaching these figures, like, and as long as testing for nitrates, they were the testing, what else were the testing for? You see, there's a, there's a lot of other stuff, you see, that's causing water quality. And, and let me finish now here. And as well as that, you can take them from me, and, and this is what, ama- what ama- amazes me. This is a huge issue now, Catherine. This is a massive issue. This is going to be, this is going to put a lot of farmers and a lot of families out of business. I, I mean, so it's not, it's not it's something, it's something that, that is, is very deep. Now, we have here, like, I mean, you see, I mean, pollution and nitrates. We have here, like, and, and I have an issue, we say, here, with our own county council here, and our own industrial estate in Raheen, which is polluting the whole area of Lockmore. Yes, Lockmore. yes, yes. Bernacoyle, oh, let me finish now. Mm-hmm. Bernacoyle, you can come in, right? Oh, no, Bernacoyle, the Munich, and all this area. Constant pollution yesterday evening and down to tonight. As we talk here, the ordinary factories in Marine are pumping pollution poison into the rivers. Nothing about that. They have been accommodated by the Munich County Council, Mr. Mr. Daly, Murray, and now the Mayor. Mr. Mr. Mungo, that, that, that's in there. They have, they have actually, what they have done is, as well, they have, like, uh, brought in the Irish water, they have brought in the HSE, and they have brought in the actual, the, the EPA in behind them, to back them in this. And they are doing nothing about the problem, only expanding it, and, and, sin- and this, one of their decisions, like you spoke earlier about planning, one of these industries in Raheen has completed about a 10 million, 10 million worth of, an, of, uh, of an extension without any planning permission. Without any planning permission, supported by the New York City and County Council, Board Planala and the IDEA. That is what's happening. And all goes inside sitting around the table inside the whole elect to go in there. Now, so they can talk about nitrates, whatever they like. They can talk about, they, they can be on the farmers. But who's talking about this? Who's talking about the industrial pollution? The right that is happening as we speak here, Captain, tonight. This is, criminal, this is criminal damage. And it's being supported by Limerick City and County Council. Okay, I would, one of the things I'd say to you, Tom, is there's an organisation called um, SWAN. It's like the um, Sustainable Water um, Advisory Network or something like that. But if you put in SWAN and then yeah. put in water and sustainable... So there are people out there who are pushing 
that that water quality improve and one of the things that you you see with water quality is uh, and, and it's very much reflected in the measurements that they do is that you will have problems of of pollutants and they might be slow leachates out of the soil and it it might be that the the soil is you know sort of got too much nitrogen on it at the wrong time it, but it might be that you know it, the, the soil's got puddled but this area but Kevin, I'm glad you're behind the side because this soil is poisoned it's poisoned with, with cyanide it's poisoned with uh, all sorts of chemicals also uh, it's dangerous material even that's been that's been pumped in all of this and it's coming on the stone water pipe like and it's I been and they have they have no the council let me say have actually no form the team there headed by the by the by the officials to, in actual fact to ensure that, that not only do they continue but they, it will be expanded and there will be more stuff coming out of it after you came down and they did a program about it they have ignored that the government have ignored the ministers because why industry and as we spoke earlier on the big the big businesses the big money the big international like i mean operations are in the show and our our councils here and our officials but they will stand before but a judge and he and they'll account for what they're doing i can tell you that i mean it does mean that somebody to 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 take this on and and this is the, the the case with pollution all over the place. And most of the time, it is a case where they'll put pollution where they think people don't have the strength or the spirit or the money Correct. to go up against it. Thank you. Thank you. The, that yeah. whole thing of I'm environmental dust is I, huge. I'm delighted after five minutes, ten minutes, or, or uh, an hour and five minutes, you agree with each other eventually. <laughs> now, we'll move it on slightly, and we have a nice little message in there, Pat. Tom would want to be careful condemning McEntee. She'll have him up for hate speech, Pat Mac. Thank you, Pat. Keep the home fire, fire burning, and it's nice to hear from you. And indeed, Tom and everybody else will have to be very careful when this uh, hate speech law comes in. I assume it didn't come in yet, or did it? Did it? Maybe it was. It, no, it hasn't come in yet, but it's nearly there. It's on the way. Yeah, on the way. And to be a wake-up call for all our sleepy listeners, our silent listeners, when it does come in, and for many outspoken people, there's a lot you cannot say at the present time, and there'll be a lot more that we cannot say outspoken, which reminds me of a text I'll bring up to you shortly, and it came in to me there just a few minutes ago, and in the meantime, we'll go with a song. And we have, uh, I thank David O'Reardon there, he wants one next week. And it is, um, Tooraloo by Irish Lullaby by Bing Crosby next week. David O'Reardon from Granite, thank you, David, and hope you're all keeping well there at the bottom of Nachferna on this cold, wild, wintry night in, in the end of September. And, of course, on this date, as you all well know, Robert Emmett was hanged, drawn and quartered, and on, on the 20th of September, which is on this day indeed, in 1803, he was born in 1778. Uh, wonderful man again who died at a very young age of only 25. And his boy Patty was one of the greatest Irish patriots of all time. Of his time, of his time of, 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 of any time, Patty. Of any time, yeah. yeah. And, and to think of, of the goals that's replacing him now. 
indeed, Tom. New York. <laughs> and when we think of Kevin Barry and young yeah. people like that at yeah. 18 who gave their lives for Ireland and yeah. the generation of people we have today, when you go comparing Robert Tim with Kevin Barry, one was 25, the other was 18. And I'll say no more. <laughs> and thousands of and, people and like him. That wasn't, yeah, I mean, they were. They were all well known, but there were thousands of people that, that in actual fact, paid the, paid the ultimate price. And, them. and 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 uh, you know yourself in Clare with what happened in the in the Bridge and and all that area. Yeah. And Tom Toomey covers it here every every Thursday in, in a brilliant way. And I must congratulate him. And uh, he, that program is a wonderful program. And so to see the the actual what they what they what they suffered, what they died for, and the carry on of the people that that we like now to run the country. You can underline what they died yeah. for, Tom, because as the man said, as Billy Powell, rest his soul, said, here he passed away there last year sometime, Billy said, if they were alive today, they turned in their graves. <laughs> With the way the thing is today, some people think it's very good, actually, compared to other countries, which indeed it is, I'm quite sure. So we will have the wolf tones and the bold rumble timid, so sit back, put on the kettle, have a cup of tea, and maybe you might make a phone call and let me know what songs you would like or what you would like the panel to discuss. And by doing that, 0696600, that is 0696600, or 0876900, and uh, I don't know whether Jason will go to the ad break first or play the song first, but either way, one will come after the other. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 20th of September 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners, and interestingly, uh, Shirley O'Regan sent me in a piece, a very efficient young lady on research. Are there many more like her out there, I wonder, that might go to the bottom of research and something sent it in to us? Interestingly, when you compare Kevin Barry and Robert Emmett, today is the anniversary of the arrest of Kevin Barry and also Michael Cusick's birthday. So, indeed, uh, uh, coincidence, indeed. As the panel, this is from another young lady here in Newcastle West, Joan is her name. As the panel, what to think about the worrying trend of cancel culture, which is being fed and promoted by the media. The current case involving Russell Brand is a very worrying example of trial by media. Publicising of allegations seems to receive a greater precedence than any attempt to substantiate them. Catherine, a lot of people, to me, I never I hadn't even heard of him in actual fact, I must admit. 
but a lot of people tell me that he's highlighting things that uh, the main media are not highlighting. Oh, for cer- certain, yes. And, and, and he's very funny, you know, sort of, which helps, do you know. And what I did hear was that there were, uh, had uh, an appeal out, did he, did he rape you or did he sexually assault you on national media across the BBC and every other channel, and I think they got one that came back. That seems to be a strange way. You'd imagine if somebody was assaulted or raped or something, that that, that they have brains enough to go to police themselves without the the full national media coming out, appealing for them to come forward. Well, that's going into a whole other area, Pat, with regards to victims of of sexual crimes and whether they go forward or not, because you know how badly they get treated in the press. We've had some great examples yeah. here in Ireland over recent One came times. forward anyway after, uh, 20 years ago, and he escaped. We'll continue about him. You seem to be fairly well up well, on him. Well, you know, sort of, uh, Russell Brand seems to be a very easy person for them to target because in his youth, he was, you know, like he, w- he was looking for stardom. He was running around. He did drugs. He very much admits that he did and he is now clean that I don't know that's what he purports he does a lot of you know sort of, he goes to AA meetings he goes to um, you know sort of does meditation spiritual stuff that sort of thing but he's quite critical of a lot of what goes on in government and in circles and that is fine once it's off to the side. Now, he's got good following, so he is one of these people who does his own little show on YouTube, on, on the internet. So he he has 40 minutes or an hour. He's got 6.5 million people who are following him. He, he might have 40 million views on some of his um, presentations. And um, so he's got a huge influence. Now... He has been critical of how the government handled the whole COVID debacle. Um, He's been critical of the pharmaceutical industry and their um, slapdashness, if you like. Um, And he's been critical of certain government, like Hillary Clinton most recently. Um, And so he's been really hitting on sensitive topics um, and it, some people are suggesting that it he, they're trying to slur him um, to try and stop his voice, to, to, to take away his audience. Now, the fact that this is the BBC that had Savile in there for decades, I think this is a little bit rich, that they're trying to take down the what is essentially their major um, competition. Because, in fact, Russell Brand, apparently, on Daily Views, would have an awful lot more and say ITV or some of the BBC programmes. All right, Catherine, and Tom doesn't know much about him, so I'll pass you in there, Tom, will I? That one? I'm deadly, Pat. I have no interest in him. During the news there in the past week, we've heard that Michael D. Higgins, the President of Ireland, more and more the United Nations is failing, he says, is losing its credibility. It is unable to stop war. It is unable to end famine. It is unable to stop conflicts. It is unable to manage migration. While he criticised the organisation in its present form, he said it would be saved by countries like Ireland who have no other aim or ambition other than to have a safe, sustainable, peaceful world. He is particularly critical of the major members of the UN, saying 
that they were guilty of what was little less than bad faith to humanity by not fully submitting to sustainability level development goals set out by the body in 2015. And then it sounded very much sensible to me, and it seemed to, I, I, I could understand it and agree with it. And then we had tarnished the defense UN after President's criticism. Son, uh, Catherine, do you follow that? I, I haven't been. Look, the, the UN was set up with great ideals. Yeah, sounds you know, good. Yeah, and yeah. the Food and Agriculture Organization used to give really sound advice, you know, and do good analysis and suggest good ways forward. But I think, again, finances, World Bank money, etc., has swirled around within these organizations. And, you know, who's, who's got the power, who's got the big pockets of money in the world? Do you know? It's, you know, sort of Fink and, and Lockheed Martin and all of these different nebulous transnational organisations out there. Um, I do think that we need to think in terms of how we can be as sustainable as possible. I don't think that means demonizing individuals. One of the things that really um, makes me irritated is where the, the, the common person is being, you know, sort of told you've got to minimize your carbon footprint and everything else, and we're getting taxes on the, the fuel that fuels our Aeroplanes. If we go on, manage to get to go on a holiday overseas, while there's no tax on the fuel for the private planes, and the number of private planes has actually increased, and people who would purport to suggest that we should turn around and move away from cattle off into some pretend meat, as if this is a way of saving carbon for the world, it's rubbish. So. Yes, we need to get find positive ways forward, but that doesn't need that it needs to be within some very corporatized, big government um, ways forward. Once upon a time, Michael D. Higgins would have been sitting at the big table with all those guys. Now he's president of Ireland, independent. He's given his honest opinion, which would seem to make a lot of sense to most people. Paul Martin is. Sorry, can I just say, with regard to Michael D, Michael D wasn't a big tables person. Michael D, very much, when I was up in Galway before I came came down to West Limerick, Michael D was the friend of of organisations like the East Timor Ireland Solidarity oh, yeah, Campaign. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sort of... So he was very much on the side of this little, little country... You know, sort of freedom for, for, for people. Oh, I agree with you and all that, including Cuba and all those countries, but he would have been up at a high level, whereas nowadays he's president of Ireland, and now you've Michal Martin sitting at the big table in New York with the nations of the world, and he's defending the nations of the world, and he sees something wrong with what Michael D. Higgins said, which would seem to, the majority of people of Ireland would seem to agree with Michael D. Higgins, I would have thought. Well, Pat, uh, I mean, when I was with Michael Lee Higgins and Michal Martin, we came out very strong against the Security Council and against the United Nations here before the Ukraine war. 
and we have this table, and uh, we found them to be uh, just uh, um, a totalist organisation, out of completely unmanageable, massive. I agree with Catherine. The last thing she just said there, uh, it's it's uh, it reminds you of it's a kind of a version of the HSE. They're in every they have every area like that they can't actually control and it's now unmanageable it's going to be a huge conglomerate of of officialdom and i'd say that it's losing its really it has no power now only a talking shop as well like we have here in uh, above in Dalian. and you see michael d has been very vocal now. I I listened to Michael D like an awful long time, uh, and uh, Catherine would know him. Uh, I, I said personally, and you know, right, he sat around the table in, in several governments, and uh, I didn't ever hear much of this situation. Like as regards, you know, uh, he, he would be to me a kind of a a prime seller source. Just like uh, he's 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 had huge. He has has huge uh, positions here. He's a proper the owner as well uh, and and the landlord so like I mean I don't think that um, I'd be tell the truth now he has issues uh, on everything his position as, as, as president we're told always is not political it's a uh, it's more of a representation, and he's he's also like you're disagreeing with his comments. I'm 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 not disagreeing with his comments now, no. but I would, and I don't. I, I and I see where it's an issue. I also would like to remind ourselves that he's, or that he's the chief of our army, and our navy, and our uh, and look at the state that they're in. So he'd be an awful lot, I think, better engaged by looking at talking to the women who were abused and the, the conditions of our soldiers and our navies. And uh, we have, I think, eight ships. I think they one sailing. We haven't enough for people to, for to even sail our ships. So you see, the point about it is that uh, these people that have, that have issues, that have opinions, and, and we all have to have opinions. And Catherine said something here a while ago, and I just want to, I just want to, want to actually... Uh, do, do a short little just like I'm commenting. She said people should stand up, and they should stand up to officialdom. Well, I stand up to officialdom, Captain. I stand up to the to, to the bullies that are in the City and County Council, but they have a team now organised in there against me. A full well, team. I will disagree with you, of course. Tommy. Well, let him disagree with me, but let, let, but let him come to the table here and disagree with me. They have a team in there consisting of the CEO, head of planning. Our own mayor, John Mitchell, and eight officials, plus a backup legal team and their engineers against, against Tom Ryan. And now, my misfortune has decided that I would have an that has that has paid his taxes all his life, and I don't think he did any harm to him. And you're taking and legal proceedings against him? Totally and completely. And, 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 and each of those will stand up. Each of those individuals press that, press that background team. You are taking legal proceedings against Limerick County Council, Tom. I wish you luck. And I thank Catherine for joining us tonight. And thanks Jason Smith for taking the messages. And thanks James Holmes and Mike Barrett and company and David Reardon and company who went to the bottle of calling us in. And thank you the people who sat drinking your tea. I didn't bother going to the bother of calling us in. And until next week, folks, take care. Good night, folks.
102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 20th of September 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Catherine Corwell. Join Pedro Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.